0: Yeah <laughs> Welcome to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that takes place after dark. And you know what else happens after dark? That's when the sex is. I'm Alex.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Sex After Sex, where sex is sex. And I'm Watch the Sex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season
0: 7, Episode 3, Chapter 120. Sex, education,
2: I'm feeling steamy.
0: Yeah, well, and I learned a lot watching this episode, I got to say. Now, before we get into it, and of course, we're going to go full on spoilers for the whole episode. Brief bit of recap of what you need to know leading into this episode. We are fully back in the 1950s, 1955. To be precise, all of the former adults are now teens again, going to their junior year of high school. And the big cliffhanger at the end of the last episode is that Ethel, as we find out at the beginning of this episode, may or may not have murdered her own parents, bringing a little (laughs) bit of uh, the old Riverdale darkness to this otherwise more innocent time now also working against the innocent time of it all is that we have a couple of closeted characters here specifically Kevin is dating Betty. they are an all-American couple. Betty's just getting hornier and hornier as things go
2: and she really wants to get dangerously horny <laughs> Dangerous. like well, you, you, you. see horn Betty <laughs> yeah. Dark she has, like
0: one of, you can see like her horny levels kind of going up further like a yeah, thermometer.
1: Be, 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 don't don't chase her for exploring her herself and what she wants to yeah, accomplish in life. No, no, like I'm this. That's that's,
2: shaming
0: that's not. Her
1: horny levels are dangerous. Respectfully. Is that better? Yeah, thank you. Put some
0: respect on it.
2: (laughs) Okay, put some respect respect on it. Yes, mass respect.
0: Uh, Anyway, Betty doesn't understand what's wrong with Kevin. Kevin, of course, as we know, is gay, and he has struck up a friendship and slight, very light flirtation with a new student named Clay Walker. On the other end of the school, we've got Cheryl Blossom, who is even more closeted than Kevin is. She is rejecting it, partially due to her family that is very repressive for her. And she clearly has some interested feelings on Tony Topaz, who isn't exactly out and proud, but certainly is mostly as out and proud as you can be in the 1950s. She is part,
2: uh, yeah. I would argue, though, I don't know. Is closeted the right term for Cheryl? I feel like she has to go on a self-discovery here. I feel like she Mm -hmm. doesn't know what's happening with her, and there's just She seems more lost than anything.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think that's a fair way of saying it. Uh, Whatever it is, she has a lot of confusing feelings going on. Also, the fact that she is Cheryl Blossom and Tony Topaz is a greaser. She hates greasers, specifically Fangs Fogarty, who is hooking up with our new Midge, Midge 2.0. A couple of other relationships we can talk about. Archie is more innocent in this time period and is really going after the new Hollywood It Girl who's moved to town, Veronica. Veronica really hurt him in the last episode, and it didn't exactly... Project her at the end of the sock hop dance, but certainly chose to go in another direction. At the same time, some feelings seem to be bubbling up between Betty and Archie, which is obviously forbidden for a couple of reasons, not least of which that Betty is with Kevin, uh, but also uh, they're best friends. They grew up across from each other. So they also don't quite understand what's happening, though Betty certainly seems to understand a lot more than he does. Uh, We've also got Julian Blossom, who is Cheryl's brother back in the 1950s. He's going after Veronica Hard. Veronica don't like Julian that much. And yeah. meanwhile, we've got a couple of other repressive forces happening in the adult side of things. Specifically, we got Dr. Werther's, who is... I don't know. I st- we still don't know what his job is other than hanging out in Principal Featherhead's office, but he's certainly a guy yeah. who seems to advise Principal Featherhead who dug into Cheryl about any possible lesbianism going on at the end of last week's episode. Boo. We've also got Miss Bell. She's blameless. Love her. Nothing wrong with Miss Bell. Uh, it's but- weird that
2: she's hanging out with those other two dudes in a room. The, <laughs> yeah. All of those three, that scene with them in the room, I was like, ah, this is the black part I don't. This feels more. <laughs>
0: and we've got two other parents we should probably talk about here who are Hal and Alice, who host mm-hmm. a show at W R I V. I always forget the call sign for the TV station, but they are there. We're we'll definitely going to get into some theories and talk about them because I got yeah. some stuff I got to talk about Suspect. here. Suspect. Yes. So th- we'll talk more about them later. And we get to catch up with another parent that's been mentioned previously, but specifically Sheriff Keller, Kevin Keller's dad, shows up again this episode. So we get to see a little bit of him. So there you go. There's probably some other things we need to talk about, but that's, that's the big thing. You know, let's, let's do this. I just want to get this out of the way right up front, because otherwise Pete is going to literally die if we talk about anything else. Pete, I'm going to turn it over to you. Open mic sesh. <laughs> oh, no. Just like at the dark room. Take it away. Well, what's uh, nice give is. Give us your Tony
2: lecture. Tony style, sexy lecture. <laughs> no, no, no. If no, no. you could your, rub what's...
0: yourself a little bit while you do this, that would be appreciated.
1: I'd appreciate it. Whoa, what it? the yes. fuck? That no, just I happened, also yeah. have dangerous levels of horny, respectfully. Oh my God. What is happening? Don't ruin my time. All right. So first off, this might be it. I don't know if I'm going to get any more (laughs) bughead action, but this, uh, kiss was absolutely magical. You, the sparks were flying all over the place. You know, uh, I, it was a, a nice little nod to the fans. It was a nice little opportunity to kind of be like, uh, wow. Of all the kisses, that one was the best. And, uh, Sparks flew all over the place and um yeah I was I was uh immediately hurt afterwards that there doesn't seem to be any ramifications from that clearly magical kiss. Uh seems like Betty completely forgot about it, but I'm holding on hope <laughs> because it happened and it was glorious. Uh, bughead forever. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, fingers crossed. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Although the way things are going, it probably won't be. But, uh, uh you know, it was, it was, it was a, a great, great couple of seconds there that uh, filled me with hope.
2: Nice. Can I, Classic can I just P give a, response. I love it, but I just – it's gone. I love it. It's perfect, <laughs> but I'm not ever going to see it again.
0: Sorry, Alex. <laughs> no, I was just going to give a little, a little context here. I wanted to let P go because otherwise he'd be interrupting me a million times. But just exactly. to give, Not the full storyline. I, I know how this works. We've worked together for a while. Just to give some context <laughs> here, the – Part of the main plot ends up with all the kids at a makeout party arranged by Veronica. They play a game of post office where the girls have to kiss which, the guys and the couples. Which shake was out.
1: a callback to before when it was the Keys, where it was a much more advanced uh, uh, kind of party segment. Well, that was also Cheryl was, throwing the key party. Oh, it was. Oh, yes. my bad. Oh, my memory. No, fine. Uh, I was no.
0: curious if it was going to turn out the same way. And frankly, I think uh, all things said, this post office party was much more surprising and more fun than the key yeah, party, was. which is yeah. like, great. All the couples ended up with exactly what we thought they were going to end up with.
2: They did that a little bit, but there were still some fun twists and turns in this party. In was. Post yes. office, a game we all play.
0: Yeah, In absolutely. I play that every time I go to the post office. So what happens here, <laughs> just to set up this specific thing, is that Jughead, who doesn't want to go to the party, initially goes there to effectively avoid being accessory to murder. Prosecution. <laughs> S- a, he's, a sex.
2: he's at a kissing sex party to avoid prosecution.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Not he goes there, the first. and then uh, he gets Betty. They introduce each other to each okay. other. They kiss and then they part. Uh, and things like Peter saying end up in a very different place by the end of the episode. But I agree. It was a very nice moment. It was nice. I thought I thought it was played very interestingly because my takeaway from it, if we want to talk about this for a moment, is I, I do think Betty didn't get anything from it. But Jughead, the way that Cole Sprouse played it, there was something there. Like, he was definitely playing yeah. it as there is something there. And I think... That points to what we've talked about a lot of this season. You know, there's been a lot of pushback about like, whatever, this doesn't matter. This is in the 1950s. And we've talked on the podcast about this all matters. This is the same characters. Yeah, they are just they have different memories that are behaving in a different way. But that emotional memory is still there. Jughead might be closer to it because of events that we've seen where he is remembering something. But something like that, that scene, yes, it's fan service, but at the same time, this whole show is fan service. Like, it's nonstop <laughs> fan service for Whoa, seven. Alex. No, but it is. Okay. Like, it, it legitimately. This is a dark riff on Archie Comics. It does not work if you are not, in some sense, a fan of Archie Comics. Like it literally, that is the ground that this show is based on. I'm and not a fan of Archie point, Comics, and I, I'm having a
1: good time with this show.
0: Whether you're familiar, that's my point. Okay, like you need right. to understand this stuff to understand this stuff, and that's the same thing with the point where we're at now to have Betty and Jughead kiss, that means something to fans of Bughead because it, it is built into the fabric of the show. I,
1: I just yeah, wanna one correction that you were yeah. just uh, factually wrong about. Mm. Um it, it oh, did affect Betty. So how dare you? Okay, whether or not yeah. she's aware of it yet. You know <laughs> wow. what I mean? But you can't just the, make that call. The that it Betty the Betty, Betty
2: translator because, has entered
1: the chat. Uh time will tell. Uh, but how dare you? Because I think the magic of that kiss was palpable on both ends. And I think uh, mm. maybe changed some things. So Disagre- disagree, say, but we all have our own yeah, things. I do want like to throw that? out there, though. I think there was actually a bigger
0: bughead moment in the episode that we haven't talked about than the kiss, which is Great. when they narrowly
1: miss each other going into Ethel's house. Yes. And that but to al- me. agree. But also them. Coming into their kind of like, we solve crimes, we're kind of sleuths. That's and what that I'm love. saying. So, yeah.
0: this moment is Betty is sent over to Ethel's house to get some clothes and ends up finding a human sexuality text that spurs out a lot of the action of the episode. Jughead is in there right before trying to get a picture that Ethel drew of shoving her own parents into a meat grinder, as well as while he's Which there. We've all done. he discovers a comic book that is very similar to what happened, or at least what Ethel says happened to her parents, which, again, we'll probably talk about in a moment. But the way that it works is there's this anticipation because, you know, they're both going to the house of, oh, are we going to get Betty and Jughead teaming up on an investigation again? And again, this is these moments that like it wouldn't work if we hadn't seen the show. But there is that nervous energy there of, ooh, we watched several seasons of them working together on Mysteries Is that going to happen or they narrowly miss each other? I thought that was a fun way to play that,
2: to lay our
0: expectations.
2: And I also think like their relationship to me has always been about that. Like they were very much, and I talked about this a lot, like their love and their passion for each other was through their activities as these like investigation. And and I'm not diminishing in any way, but I think that is a lot of what their connection was Uh, And it was sort of a more mature relationship in that way where it was like, we're passionate for each other, but we're also sort of co-workers in a way.
1: Uh, just one correction for you, Justin. <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> pretend to understand the passion of another person's relationship. Uh, um, the, uh, help, uh, uh, does. Uh, they help. have for each other wasn't just job related. It was souls connecting and realizing that like somebody accepting their dark side or their full self is a big deal. And it's nice to be seen. So, you know, don't try to diminish another relationship or say, uh, uh, you know, put anything unless you're in. That's my point. I'm not so diminishing so I'm uh, okay. offering just, my
2: commentary. And yeah, one yeah. correction for you: like when they oh, did okay. kiss, I remember the a third bearded face entering the close up <laughs> of their kiss, and it was crazy <laughs> that you somehow got your mouth in there to kiss them
1: uh, while they were kissing. Yeah, it's
2: impressive. The
0: triple kiss. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pete, I, I appreciate that you also are at dangerous levels of Horty, respectfully. So there. you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's. Uh, that's
0: true. Uh, here, one last thing I'll say, and this is one hundred percent not to hurt anybody's feelings on this podcast or anything, but I do think, despite these moments that we're starting out and talking about here, bughead is not the romantic story that they're telling with either of those characters at the current Yet. moment. Whether it will come back at some point, right? Uh, I, I don't know. We haven't seen the rest of the season. We haven't seen the scripts, but th- that's not the way the story is heading at the current time.
2: I bet it does. At some point, once they sort of darkness is entering Riverdale, I feel like they will be put together as the near miss that we saw in this episode down the line. Eventually, I think it'd be crazy if the show didn't revisit Bughead in some way, just even to like talk about it. We want to at least see a scene between Jughead and Betty, like giving us the final word on their feelings or as Betty then to... goes off as Betty goes off to be with.
1: Archie. Yeah, champion. I also would love a scene where, you know, Jughead apologizes for, you know, maybe some of his uh Horrible drunken behavior and stuff. If that that.
2: happened in the current timeline, which which may or may not be true. All right,
0: why don't we move on though? Because there's a lot of other things that we do need to talk about here. Let's start off with the big murder plot. That's back this episode officially. We got murder in Riverdale. Jughead starts off saying, Nothing like this has ever happened in Riverdale. Little correction. Yes, it has, Jughead. Okay. A well, couple that of a, wow. But what we find out here is that Ethel says that the milkman or a milkman killed her parents over the course of the episode. They uh, interrogate the milkman, who's a seven year old sweetie. And he clearly it's nice didn't he let do him it.
2: sleep in for <laughs> yeah. interrogating him. Yes, Ethel stays over at
0: the Cooper house. That's where she's staying. She is distraught about all this. As we mentioned, Jughead tries to help her out as much as he possibly can by hiding evidence. He gets in trouble for that. And then by the end of the episode, they actually discover the evidence and they're... In very big trouble. But I
1: do like that move of like, oh, if you're a possible serial killer, you should stay in the Cooper's house where the serial killers stay and hang out. Well, they they don't know that
2: yet. Uh, But I also thought it was funny um, when they're like, Jughead, child, we searched the train car that you live in. And, well, we found some scary evidence. (laughs) Uh, It's like, aren't there some other things you might want to investigate? No, no parents, a dog who is his buddy, a train car, <laughs> living in a train car, <laughs> living in a train car. This man. Yeah, that's not this important.
0: Man. Everybody knows about that. The mm, uh, uh, just to reemphasize, car. we talked about this in the last podcast, but I think it's even clearer this episode that they are heading to uh, a version of what they did with Satanic Panic in season three with Griffin's Gargoyles here with the Comics Code Authority. We're getting Straight. a whole panic over comic books and horror in comic books it just came milk. out yeah and milk one of the most horrible substances known to man
1: hey
2: hey Sorry, old oh, milk protector in the house as well. <laughs> That's Right? Well, Pete, wearing a lot of hats, including one of a milkman. Apparently, yes.
0: so we're definitely getting that, and I don't think it's going to be straightforward in terms of like we're just betting comics so much as it will go wildly off the rails as Riverdale always does. At least I hope it does. That's what I like about Riverdale yeah, Do you think if us. they're
2: worried about? Do you think they're worried about Jughead getting away? They put handcuffs on his train wheels, <laughs> or his house, because he yeah. could just get out of there. Yes. Toot
0: toot. toot. Yeah, he could he could drive it to safety, and then we're all like uh, next stop Greenbelt season. Um, Ooh, here's my things. big theory that I mentioned before, and I think they're like either really tipping their hand, or <laughs> we're looking sending us in the wrong direction here. Alice and Hal. So we mentioned this the last episode, and I talked about how Alice told Kevin that she and Hal got pinned, and that stifled any urges they had. So we're talking about what does that mean? Hal is a serial killer in the current uh, time period. Does that mean that? Does that mean that Hal is gay in this time period? We don't know. This episode, we get Alice and Hal will be cut into them on Ethel coming back. The song that's playing on the radio is Milkman, Keep Those Bottles yeah. Quiet. And Alice, Howl's reading the paper. Alice is doing Noodle Point. And they basically have this very weird conversation where they talk about sending Ethel away and they're going to take care of it. Earlier on in the episode, Alice and Hal, Howl, Howl's like, why would you bring her here? What are you doing? And Alice is like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. It's the right thing to do. We know, whatever you think about it, Alice has these serial killer genes. I think there's a pretty good chance that Alice and Hal are a pair of buried serial killers and that's Whoa! what
2: we that's exactly what I was thinking I was Bonnie and Clyde was my first thought seeing their scenes here and like it, them working together maybe even we're gonna see a shot of Alice in the Milkman outfit is my guess um, but then working together is, is a f- a formidable um, killing team because uh, he was like why'd you bring her here and she's like no we have to make sure that she doesn't know that we did it so let's have her live here for mm-hmm. a little bit
0: yeah, so we'll definitely see. I mean, I think Alice fans will probably not be very happy about that if that happens. But I do think plot-wise, that probably is where we're headed. But we'll see. There's always twists
2: and twer- turns and swerves. It I can always a- be erased when they go into the future mm-hmm. somehow. So this may just be like a river veil kind of thing. Uh, where yeah. this is Also, kind of let's be with- honest.
0: Most of them are serial killers on this show, so it's kind of fine.
1: yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed in Jughead as a comic book nerd not remem- remembering the Milkman arc of the comics that he's reading. I was like, come on, bro. Like, it- It's on the covers. I can clearly see it on the floor. Like, you got to have a little bit better recall. Mm-hmm. Um, but, How was uh, his
2: backing and boarding, Pete?
1: Uh, I haven't seen any of it. So a little disappointed in any uh, uh, of him as a comic book nerd but I appreciate his passion. Uh, It was such a fun kind of like the way they structured the show of like putting this kind of arc in comics and then wondering if Ethel, who likes comics, is mimicking, you know, uh, what she sees in the comics um, as far as like just making up an, uh, an alibi, you know, because she did it. Or if she's, like, a copy of, of that. So I thought that was a cool kind of, like, structure that a they put Copycat
2: in. killer, you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. One other theory I'll throw out at you. If it does turn out to be Alice and Hal, I wonder if they're doing it to do, like, a... No, not In Cold Blood. Whatever the Nicole Kidman movie is that I'm forgetting the name of, where um, she yeah, murders it's... somebody and then covers it. In It's in something
2: something. Yeah. Three
0: words. But... But whatever it is, I wonder, since they are hosting the show and they've talked a lot about, like, not losing that spot, if they have a bunch of murders happening, that gives them a good thing to cover on the news, potentially.
2: So we'll see. They're doing it to make news, you think? Yeah, potentially. I don't know. Hilarious. See what happens.
0: We'll see what happens. We're just throwing stuff out here. Having fun. We're having a good time. Is it to die for, To die for. That's what I was thinking of. Yes.
1: Um, Uh, So do either of you guys think... Uh, Ethel, because it seems like you guys are real quick to uh, put it on the parents where you think Ethel is innocent. Yes.
0: I do think there's an argument to be made for Ethel doing it, considering that every time Ethel's been involved in a storyline, we've been like, I don't think Ethel's done it. And then she's done it.
2: Always done it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so possibly. I am still liking uh, Ethel and Jughead, or more specifically, Cole Sprouse and Shannon Purser are really good together. Like they bring out good stuff at each other acting wise. So I hope Ethel didn't do it.
2: Ethel. Like sure. Yeah. You're into Ethel? A couple F-head. of there? I'm a there? total head. <laughs> Oh boy. Me too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Why don't we talk about some other stuff since there are other storylines here? Well, Um, there's
2: sort of one superstructure for the rest of this episode, uh, which I really liked, like uh, murder stuff aside and some of the Dr. Werther's stuff, um, featherhead stuff. The rest of it, it feels like it is like a sex education PSA. Like we Mm -hmm. get a lot. We get some cut in footage of like uh, bees and flowers. We get a lot of these like. sort of trippy uh, dream sequences and whatnot, it feels like a cheesy movie or film strip or something uh, that you would watch in in school from, like, decades before they had any understanding of how kids... Think about sex
1: And Archie's line of like I just don't I get it What do bees and flowers have to do? It was just such a funny moment he's playing I mean Archie a, yeah.
2: is crushing it Alex you're saying <laughs> no, the same thing No I just going to say
0: exactly the same thing Like he's such a bonehead team Boner woman. He's yes. a human boner Yes, That's
2: what we're he, seeing here That's great
0: It's so funny in the way that he's playing it. Like, I think everybody's kind of hitting a little bit different notes in terms of playing a teen, and that's fine. But the way that KJ Apa is playing it is just like, oh, gee whiz. Oh, man. What a bummer. He doesn't know what's going on, which ties into the big thing we need to talk about at the end of the episode that happens that's very upsetting. But whatever, we'll get there when we get there. Um, The... So, yeah, everybody's accept- obsessed with sex. They have a sex education class. And like I mentioned, Veronica ultimately has this makeout party. But a lot of stuff happens along the way a- as we're working through the episode here. Um, one uh, – let's talk about – should we talk about the Cheryl stuff? Should we get that yeah. out of the way? Yeah, let um, So – there's this great scene where per- Penelope first sees that Cheryl is painting sexy ladies and gets very upset about it, uh, and it cuts to the shot of Cheryl scraping pits out of a very vaginal papaya, I believe it was.
2: Well, and let me throw out there, everyone's like, what is Cheryl painting? What does she mean by it? And then you see the picture and it's like, oh, naked woman with like a couple of suds over her breast. <laughs> you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I see. I see what you're
0: thinking. So Penelope tells Julian, you have to introduce Cheryl to a boy. That's what you need to do. Uh, And ultimately, Julian
2: kind of tricks Archie into dating Cheryl or asking Cheryl out on a date. I believe he says, you don't think my sister's a honey, which is a weird (laughs) thing to say in any capacity.
0: Yes, absolutely. Blossom's uh, super weird. But he also essentially implies that Cheryl is very easy because she's been with college boys, which intrigues the extremely horny Archie. And, uh, again, disrespectfully, I think in this case, um, so <laughs> he eventually asks her out and asks her to go to see the seven year itch. Instead, Tony has just invited Cheryl to the dark room. Cheryl says she wants to go to the dark room. Instead, everybody ends up in the dark room while there. Tony does a sexy dance, to some beat poetry and Cheryl orgasms and gets very upset about it and runs out with Archie, kisses him at her door. Gets very upset about that because that's not what who she wants to be kissing. And then ultimately at the makeout party takes Archie. Well, first they come out as a couple at school, which affects a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways. Betty. And then Betty, Veronica as well, which drives her on to do this whole makeout party thing and go after Archie Hardcore. At the makeout party, again, following Cheryl and Archie, eventually they break off, go to this room in front of a fire. Um, Archie explains what's happening to Cheryl. She explains, no, she's actually never been with anybody, and says, you know what, I think we can figure this out. And as we get strongly implied and then seemingly confirmed in the last scene, she has a hickey, tells Penelope that they went all the
1: way, they had sex, and now they're together. Um... One part I would like to bring up about the Cheryl part uh, part of the kind of show that I really enjoyed was um, uh, them in the bathroom and Cheryl like storming out of the bathroom when Veronica's like oh talking about Archie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really you know there's uh, Cheryl does amazing entrances and exits and in the show and uh, really just uh, just great Cheryl stuff there.
2: I mean, great performance across the board. But uh, the arc you just described that Cheryl has in this episode is—it's it's very upsetting. Yes. And you see, like her at the center of just so many. Stressful, competing things. Like she's upset about what her family's trying to push her into. She's struggling with her feelings and how to express them and to be public with them, which she seems like she truly cannot do what to do about it. And she changes just like Cheryl in the dealing with other things in the rest of this series, she can change on a dime. And so you see her do this multiple times. The The saddest part to me was when she kisses, she turns her, turns it on. She's like kisses Archie. because she that's what she's like i need to do this because i need to protect these feelings that i'm having and also it'll get me out of the spotlight from penelope and then she walks in the door and starts crying it was just it was so well done but just so upsetting
1: yeah i mean the blossom house it seems so stressful i feel like the only escape is to live in the walls you know it's just so much with that family many many have done it before you You see,
2: you see how much she how she when she turns the table on Penelope at the end of the episode, she enjoys that. And like it's like such a complicated situation
0: here's here's my i agree with everything that you're saying i think kj Apa and madeline patch do great work in this storyline the minimal thing which i'm less upset about i think but one of the things that i thought was really interesting about this is archie clearly doesn't know like he is naive he's an yes. innocent here in this situation so he's heading for a place where he's like wow this beautiful girl cheryl she likes me isn't that great That hurts and that's sad. And it's very similar to, I think, the Kevin Betty situation where I feel bad for both of them all the time because they just don't know these things about each other. Like they're not putting everything together in exactly the right way.
2: But I will say, just to interrupt, I feel less bad for Archie because he's got. He's sort of out yes. there all the time And doesn't uh, seem I just like mean it's dragging in terms of him like
0: up. His heart is going to get broken in some way yeah. Probably in the next episode So that's a bummer Sharchy,
2: for him Sharchy is problematic yeah,
0: for uh, yeah, that's a very short term thing And uh, frankly, I've seen some people Shipping Sharchi online I want to get like a, a Spray bottle like you do with cats And be like, no, <laughs> no, that, no yeah. Yeah. Don't do that, stop Anyway, Sharkey. Yes, is, is thing, no. Right? Right? Hey, to let them get on because... whatever
1: ship they want, man.
0: No, one hundred percent not. <laughs> no, respectfully, Under, n- respectfully uh, disrespectfully, no. <laughs> on Sharkey, wow. even Sorry, disrespect everybody. Um, but yes, the much more upsetting thing to me is what happens with Cheryl and. I understand on a certain level, the character of Cheryl Bossum is no moderation at all times. It just swings wildly from one place to another, and she goes wholeheartedly to everything. But the idea of the—I the, the I think my issue here is the way they play the second part of that scene in front of the fire, where Cheryl throws Archie down and is like, oh, I think we could figure it out, which— puts her too much into it for the way that they have been playing and plotting out everything before by making her the aggressor in this situation. And then the final scene with Penelope and Julian, where she comes in and she flicks her hair and shows off the hickey. It's like, oh, we went all the way. It's played for comedy. And I guess
2: that's
3: fine. I thought it was played for spite.
2: I thought hmm. it was played for spite. Like if this is something that she cultivated and I think that's why I thought she is the aggressor toward Archie because she wants to do this the next day and she's planning her revenge on her on her I, yes, and, and I
0: understand that plot-wise, but I think it was the music of the background that's sort of like light that's and floppy That
2: I I agree too. Like it was, I was like, oh, this is a little odd. But then when I was, I see that she needed to, she wanted to spring her trap on the family. Mm-hmm.
0: The yes, and again, I understand it from a plot direction, but I think that went too far for my taste. It made mm-hmm. me very upset in a way where I was like. I understand this happens. I understand logically. Even today, there are people who are closeted... And have sex with the person of the opposite sex because they want don't want to believe the feelings that they're having inside. That is a thing that I don't just like in theory know that's happened, but I have multiple friends who went through these experiences and I've talked to them about it. Yeah. So it is a thing that happens. But given that the journey we've seen Cheryl on and even the journey in the first part of the episode where, like we talked about, I think makes emotional sense and straddles that line, it went too far over the line for me in that second half of the scene and that last scene. We'll see where it goes for next episode, certainly, and how they play with it. And Sh- Shody is coming. Like, Sharchi is well, short term. We are going yeah. to get past this. There are go- There is going Sharchy. to be Shodi. It's going to happen 100%. Let's hope so. But it's hard to watch at the current
2: time. Well, I, I hear you. Would you rather have not seen that scene? The or last would scene? you rather have the scene of them hooking up? Sharchi? I think (sighs) because I would think about it for a second, but I would say like the fact that we know that Tony is, has feelings for Cheryl and he's pursuing them and Cheryl, like they're making eye contact. Cheryl has feelings for Tony. I feel like you see the truth there and Cheryl just needs to, you know, figure herself out enough to, to get there. And I think she will. Um, But I don't know, like that gave, gives me a lot of, you know, sort of stability and basis for moving through this, this relationship and all these things that she is like sort of in the middle of to be like, Oh, I, I know why she did what she did. So it doesn't make me feel like she's the victim the entire time.
0: Yeah. I think this is such a ridiculous thing and I know whatever it's a lie, but they're teens and losing your virginity means something. So I think if we find out the next episode that Archie just gave her a hickey, I might feel a little better about this to be perfectly frank.
2: Yeah. And that's I, all that's sort of what I I think that is what we we're going to find out. Uh, but we don't, you never know the implication, was certainly that it was more than that. Yes, absolutely. We will
0: certainly see what happens. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it hurts to think about. Let's move to some other plot lines and talk about them.
2: Shoney. Dr. I- Shoney is, uh, is here.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, everybody's playing it very well on the Tony Topaz end of things. I love all the stuff that's going on with Tony, too, you know, just to talk about that part of it. Her scene with the Rizzo figure, who they're calling Lizzo. Uh, Lizzo. I was
2: like, wow, is a real Rizzo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Ridiculous. But that's the part where I'm talking about where, like, I don't know if Tony's parading around saying, hey, I'm bisexual to everybody because – I don't even know, you know, if these teens in Riverdale necessarily know to use those words, but she's clearly out with the people in the pretty poisons, or oh, serpents, sorry, serpents. in their gang um, and with Lizzo at the very least. So I, I like yeah, that. But- I like her talking to Veronica later on and being like, I'm playing the long game. Don't want to say with who yet. Um, Tony, to me. And sorry, I'll turn it over to you then, Justin, for what you wanted to say. But Tony, to be particularly throughout this episode, but in these first three episodes, feels to be like the most clear on who she is character.
2: That's what I was going to say. It's like she just – like I don't know if they are using identifiers like bisexual, but she's just like, I'm who I am and I want what I want and that's it. Like – and the fact that she goes, it feels the confidence in the dark room to do like a very sexual dance. They we don't do song and dance numbers anymore. It's just like sex poems in Riverdale. Is the <laughs> hot uh, performance technique uh, great? So like sweeping I don't the know, it was yeah I know I and I loved your sex poem that we had. Thank you, thank his, you very much. Uh, Appreciate podcast, it really. Yeah. By, well by the way, done.
0: you have it written down somewhere. You can do it at the end of the episode, right? No. Nope. Yeah, that yeah, was maybe next talents. episode.
2: Then you you go look for it and you can. Well, all, you we're episode. all going to drop our sex poems, of course. Absolutely, uh, next episode we're we'll our of sex
1: poems. It's more of a performance. Just reading the poem doesn't really, you know what I mean? It's like a uh, whole. It's anatomy I
2: mean, say, I agree with you, Pete. Speaking, Speaking of, of performance,
1: then. did you did you feel at all like Betty was
0: into it? Like I felt like there was hints of the way death.
2: Yeah, everybody. I mean, I I think that it was just a great. Everyone was like, "That is sex." And and it, it that is what inspires the entire town to have sex dreams. Tony does a poem, and everyone in town is having sex dreams. That's I, what I'm saying. Like it, it, it goes beyond sexual preference, sexual yeah. sexuality. It go, it was like, yo, that's some sex up there, and then it happens for everybody.
0: Yeah, particularly after Clay's poem, which I think we can agree was not very good.
1: Not great, no, not
0: great. But Kevin not. likes it. Kevin loves it. And then uh, has Kevin that was
1: moved by it. And you know, first off, how dare you guys? You know, uh, Clay's out there uh, putting it, putting it out there. You know, so for you to judge him like that is a little painful. But I do think that I'm just um, glad
2: he went before Tony. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that you was the correct the order. for Yeah, the you moment. gotta yeah. have
1: the closer <laughs> doing it. But I, I think though that like. It, Tony this season, it's great to kind of see her as a kind of a stronger character and not like we don't know what her deal is or or how she feels. It's great to kind of have this more mature person, uh, you know, around these kids who's kind of like, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know how I feel. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's a great uh, kind of beacon for others. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited for for more from Tony and uh eventually uh leading to Shoney.
2: Yeah. <laughs> eventually. Uh here, here they are too uh exempt it uh, comes to Shoney. Uh. <laughs>
0: I just wanted to mention, I I, I think I write down the line wrong, but after Clay does his poem and Betty's like, what was that? The Kevin's line, like, it's art, Betty. It doesn't need to mean anything. It, was yeah, very, it doesn't yeah. have to r- rhyme or whatever. Oh, no, or- no, no, no. Archie is Archie's very obsessed is- with rhyme scheme. In- yeah. Yeah, really <laughs> loves- <laughs> also a hilarious running bit that I hope keeps going all season long. didn't even rhyme. Uh, 100%. Yeah.
2: I mean, if Clay came out and uh, popped his collar, Kevin would be like, that was art. Yeah, like there's no Well, let's talk
0: about that then. Let's talk
1: about and the Clay Kevin thing because over the course uh, Oh, what were you going to say, Pete? I was going to say uh I also would, you know, Ke- Clay could just walk out there and pop a collar and people would be like, "Wow." Cuz that guy's got 100%. something. Yeah. And he's got, Kevin knows yeah, it and he's not the only one. All right? Because he's he's also aware of himself and what he wants and I'm, you know, hoping that uh, uh Kevin will realize that and then, uh, you know,
2: yeah, real talent, guy. Well, I mean, just let me let's break down the um, uh, sex dream, and then we can talk Clavin. But you got Archie dreaming about Cheryl, <laughs> Veronica, Veronica, dreaming Archie, Cheryl dreaming Tony, oh, no, no. Kevin no, the first dreaming. Clavin.
0: Veronica is dreaming about Julian.
2: Right, Julian right. is the but first then, one. And those redheads, it's hard to keep. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to tell them apart. <laughs> uh, Betty dreaming Archie, and everyone's wearing some very chill underwear the entire time.
0: Yes. I, I love the way that whole sequence was filmed. I thought it was so good. The music in particular, this episode, other than the music here I talked about that I didn't love, um, I thought was great. Like there was a yeah. that sort of beat... Poem, 50s, 60s type riff on the Riverdale theme that was happening in the background that I thought was so much fun during this jungle sex sequence that everybody was happening. It was, uh, oh, it was like the Riverdale theme, but on flutes
2: that they were playing. So much yeah, fun. Very sexual instrument. Did you guys have a day in town where everyone all had a sex dream when you were uh, growing up? Yeah, several days, actually. Every
0: day. Oh. <laughs> Every day we'd be like, see you in the sex dream.
2: <laughs> wow like hello wow. neighbor I kind of a thing wow. yeah
0: okay neighbor bye bye so just fourth of july i think though to get back to like what is the story that they're telling right now in terms of relationships i think it's kind Over of fireworks. important to look at the order of the way that things happen archie's dreaming about cheryl like you said that we have veronica and julian which i i don't know she's just thinking about it or whatever um betty and kevin Then Veronica and Archie, while Cheryl watches, which is from Veronica's dream, which starts to heat things up. Then Cheryl and Tony, which heats things up a lot. Then we get sort of like this forbidden tone comes in. Kevin sees Clay and Clay sees Kevin and they start kissing. And then the big one that they end with is Betty and Archie, which has this whole rev up where she's like walking straight towards him. And mind you, this is Betty's dream, not Archie's dream. They're not actually having a group dream. Uh,
2: hold, sorry. It's also my dream. <laughs> Just, <laughs> okay. to jump in. <laughs> right. Just to say it's, it is Betty's dream, but it's a lot of people's dream.
0: Uh, right. Yes, nope. absolutely. But I think... This, among many other reasons, points to the story that they are telling right now, relationship-wise. Even though there is a lot of Archie in this episode, and I think don't think Archie is done necessarily by any means is Archie. Like that is what we are heading towards at the current time.
2: Yeah, that's the. I mean, not to say that that's like necessarily Endgame, but it is Endgame. But it does not doesn't have to be, but it is. This is uh, this episode really guides it there. The scene in the bedroom where Archie literally gets an erection, covers it with a stuffed animal from the bed, and then runs out of the room. Was uh, wild. And he, you know, obviously the circumstances are different, but when he kisses Veronica, it's not that. Uh, Wait, do you mean later at the kissing party? At the party, yeah.
0: Well, I think what we've got here is Veronica isn't letting go of Archie. Clearly she hates Julian. (laughs) And Veronica, I do think Archie's interested in Veronica. There's the whole line when they're sitting in the lounge. He's got her gum. Well, he's got her gum, but earlier when they're sitting in the lounge or they're talking about the makeout party, there's this narration from Jughead where he's like, uh, oh, that's where, I I don't know. He he says some line about like, that's where Veronica got Archie. And you can see the way that Archie's looking Veronica. So I do think... Clearly, he's catching feelings with Betty. Clearly, we're going to end up with Archie at some point. But he's already said uh, it feels like lightning when I look at Veronica. In the lounge of this episode, he has the whole like, whoop, he's a flower opening, she's a bee type thing going on. Plus, he has whatever he thinks is going on with Cheryl. So Archie is this classic comic book Archie who's like, who's this person? I love this person. This is great. And he's not necessarily keeping his options open so much as He wants all of these people in different ways, and some of them he just may not know it yet, like Betty.
1: Yeah. Well, he, I mean, it seems like he's going to know it. I feel like what's going to, you know, what I would like to have happen is, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, he he, maybe has A fling with Betty And they both realize Like oh this is kind of Like brother sister This feels weird And walks away Like they've done In the show numerous I times I don't know if you and, Watched uh, this episode uh, Really
2: I well Pete it, ma- it, it wasn't a lot Of brother sister
0: Yeah also I don't know If you've been watching Game of Thrones Or House of the Dragon That stuff is fine now Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah that's, that's cool, so. cool 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 Pete hey, were you uh, Were you just doing a flute Because that is a very Sexual <laughs> instrument no, but- Oh, yeah.
0: They did go
1: a little White Lotus, him. now that I think. It was. That. Yeah, No,
2: Pete was doing the White Lotus. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, anyways, it, I would like to talk about uh, Jughead and Veronica had a nice... Uh, that's what of, I was going to say. Is, yeah, well, yes. They had a
2: nice connect, uh, yeah. which I thought was really sweet. I don't know if anything will come of it, but... Uh, so I mean, we've, in the short seen,
0: we've seen in the promo, I think we could talk about this because it was in the trailer for the season, we see them kissing on a couch. So unless they've cut that in some way that seems like the beginning of it and i know you guys are not gossip girl guys but i immediately got i'll say this for anybody who does know dan blair vibes which is one of the best ships in gossip girl history that they completely went away from and it was very annoying but it was the same sort of thing where it's like the rich girl who was always mean to him And the smart outsider, and they got together. There's something about it that just totally
1: worked. Like, Great. Let me know what we're talking about this show again. We're talking uh, about
0: the show again because Jughead and Veronica. You're talking about some other show. I love them bonding over monster movies, finding even ground. Veronica is clearly in a place where she's learning a lot of lessons about, like, I can't act the way that I did in Hollywood. Jughead is this outsider who lives in a train car, who is ending up with the cool kids and doesn't know what's going on. I love them finding even ground. And I love the fact Preacher that spent other than that one kiss and one, one kiss when they were uh, the margarita pool thing. And I think like season one, maybe.
2: Yeah. And maybe. that was very much a, like, we should kiss because everyone else is. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then the one time they teamed up on a mystery in the noir episode, you don't get to see them together. And the fact that they're taking this opportunity in the final season to be like, I don't know, let's try Geronica and see what happens. Yeah. That's great. I'm excited to follow this. I'm excited to see where this goes.
2: Yeah. I love that Adam Sandler song, uh, the Jeronica song. <laughs> Jeronica. Oh my god. Pete, you want to
0: sing a verse? Geronica.
2: No, nope. maybe nope. too sexual. If, too sexy
1: if Pete did it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what else should we talk about in this episode? I'm sure we've skipped a lot of different stuff. I
1: like the moment where uh Betty like like kind of like throws the book at Kevin and is like, read it.
0: Oh, great. he's he like, like, you like can't
1: petty. have this in school. And him just kind of like freaking out like that was just like of like, uh, you know, kind of embarrassment and being like, oh, my God, uh, was a was a fun moment. Well, one thing we should talk about uh, in relation to that is um, cl- the Clay,
2: uh, the Clavin scene uh, where Clay Claven. says he, he comes he comes out to Kevin, says like, look, here, here's who I am. And I think and Kevin can't do it, obviously. Pats him on the chest, though, in sort of a way that is sort of like, I hear you. I I really like that scene. And to put to put to give Clay that power to do that, I thought was really great, especially to Kevin, someone who attraction or interest level aside, who has struggled with that now, obviously, but throughout the course of the whole series.
0: Well, let's talk timing on this, which is an impossible thing to do with Riverdale, but I want to do it anyway. We're clearly heading towards Clay and Kevin getting together. We're clearly heading towards Cheryl and Tony getting together. When do you think that's going to happen? Like, what? what is your guess at this point? In How many of-
1: episodes do we get in this last season? 20 episodes total. We're on
0: okay,
2: we're episode 3D. three. Yes well he I think it depends there's a big factor that is hard to uh, to predict like when we break from the 50s and go into present day will we everyone have their memories what what will change for them because I I do think everyone's gonna at least connect in the 50s and I don't know how that will translate. Uh, Going forward Like I think we're we're going to get everyone We're going to be in the 50s for
0: at least 11 episodes At this point, potentially more than that Um, I don't remember the exact count But it's definitely going
1: to be Oh, I think it's even up to like 13 or something What I'm worried about is We're going to get This amazing Claven moment and then boom Present day and we're going to be like
3: No! And
1: Clay's going to melt Because he
0: was only part of the 1950s And he'll just start screaming and it will be a bubble (laughs) Yeah, yeah I think I here here's what my prediction. I think we're next episode we're gonna wrap up this whole Sharchi thing. Uh it's gonna go spin wildly out of control. In the fifth episode, which I'm very excited about, we're gonna get an anthology episode where Jughead's gonna write a bunch of horror stories uh, um, that are gonna be published in comics. So we saw some stuff in the trailer where like uh, Betty's spraying some hairspray and seemingly has a seizure off of that. There's one thing where it looks like Archie's being cut up with a buzzsaw. So I think we're going to get that stuff of those horror stories. So my guess is we're sort of going to get a little break there, and then things are really going to get rolling, particularly whenever with most of these couples. I think we're going to yeah. s- see Shoney first, frankly, because they know oh, how to interesting. work that. And they know mm. how to work that. And once we get past the Sharchy thing, I hope – at least part of that is Cheryl starting to realize this thing that we as viewers all know about ourselves. It's intu- I
2: I feel like that's going to take that to me. It feels like it's going to take a little longer, and maybe is sort of the later thing that will happen. I feel like Clavin's sort of closer. Yeah, he's from close. a, maybe not maybe not being public with it, but they're going to start having some sort of uh, affair, perhaps, or, or something like that. Because I uh, I don't think Kevin is going to be able to talk to Betty for a while, but they feel mm. the closest to like actually just being together so I'm you feel like in, in
0: episode six or seven shoni they're gonna
2: hold off on it that's my yeah predict.
1: yeah yeah i'm hoping we're gonna get clavin in like uh like two episodes and maybe on the third one we get a, a a beautiful kiss um so that's what i'm hoping for i hope there is a beautiful kiss i, I like it, a beautiful kiss
2: there's a tramp. A kiss to the meatball.
0: <laughs> that would be great. Uh, and I also do think that Barchi is coming sooner rather than later,
2: frankly. Well, that's what I'm saying, because once you get Claven, Barchi's right. right around the corner. And I, I also think just plot
0: lies, if we start to lean into the whole Jeronica of it, that takes Veronica off the table for Archie. And if Cheryl is also off the table I, which I pray to God she is. Uh, the Every night, I pray to God that Cheryl will be <laughs> off of the table for Archie. Um, Cheryl's not going to be there. Veronica's not going to be there. That's going to leave Betty. If Kevin and Clay get together and Betty does not have sex with Kevin, which we assume is not going to happen, um, I think... She's going to get frustrated enough to deal with something.
2: Yeah. Based on this episode, Betty's horniness level, she's going to jump through the window (laughs) crying Matrix style into Archie's bedroom. It's very strong. Yes. Archie is very strong.
0: Yes. Archie is very strong. And Betty is the strongest one there is. 100%. Couple of other lines. There were so many great lines in this episode. I yes. thought the we already talked about the "I'm so confused." What do flowers and bees have to do with us? That, that was very right, fun. Um, I, I how yourself. peachy keen for you, Archie coming in and seeing Cheryl painting, and going his delivery on cool painting. Yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Uh, the exchange between Tony and Cheryl. What is it, Serpentina? And oh, you know, yeah, that was with that. I thought it might razz your berries. Just all the 50s language, too, is very mm-hmm. fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um You just hit the jackpot Holden Caulfield. Great. Yeah. Like very, great. very Mary great. Jane to Spider-Man.
2: Line yeah.
1: About. Yeah.
2: But it, and just everybody being like sharp on it, like everyone's. Character game is really strong right now. Like it's really good. I love how no one wanted to see the Seven Year Itch. Everyone's trying to get to this. Uh, <laughs> also,
1: it was weird day. that they didn't just say the movies. They were like so specific. Like well, there's only one movie showing, and we call it by its full name. We're talking about going to see the Seven mm-hmm. Year what, Itch. The Seven Year Itch is about. you have to say.
0: First of all, like
1: it's the I'm 1950s. The oh, let's go to the movies. You don't yeah, say.
0: The, first movie. Is That what you say?
2: All, yeah, yeah, let's go to the movies. No, you go to a movie.
0: Hey, you want to go see S Y?
1: No, that way I- if you get there the with a group of people and they have different things, everybody can go see their movie. <laughs> Not in the 1950s. It's a small town with a
0: one-screen movie theater. That's all they've also, got. Also, hey, Pete,
2: no one does what you just said. Everyone goes <laughs> to the movies together should. and they watch, a, they watch a movie together. No one goes to the movie theater together, says hello, and goes off to another They uh, should. It's a very
1: uh, advanced way of
2: being. The reason they said seven-year-age, because that's a movie about people who are dying to have sex, uh, yeah. outside of their marriages yeah. so like that's sort of what we're doing here uh and it was it was great a great choice funny choice no one went to see it because they went to the sex uh poetry <laughs> speaking of which we <laughs> haven't
0: talked about the absolute weirdest thing about this 1950s timeline the fact that the dark room which used to be the white worm is now no longer connected to pops and in fact an entirely different location that you enter from above
2: the ground from like an alleyway did you see that that was weird. That is weird. But we don't know if that alleyway is somehow connected to Pops. Yeah. That's, exactly. thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Pops you could gotta be think the about yeah, exactly. You gotta think about how Pops is somehow there. But we, <laughs> weirdly, we've spent the least amount of time in any season of Riverdale in Pops, the nineteen
1: fifties <laughs> style diner. are <laughs> <laughs> <It's> it. <laughs> we are down to the
2: diner. This is the one the time where the diner makes the most sense.
1: Uh, I did like uh, Jughead's line of like, who has time for dating with all the comics to read? Uh, that, was, that was. I think it was nice. comics to
0: read, hamburgers to eat, e- and yeah. movies yeah. to
1: watch. Right? Yeah. There you
0: go. I, I just life, comics. Pete. Yeah. Did you feel seen in that moment? I did. Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. uh, shouts to, to not double bubble, but triple bubble—that uh, the gum, Veronica's gum—that Archie ends oh, up with. Yeah, yeah. And just to say, like triple the Archie bubble. and Betty scene reading the sex book, too hot. Too hot to handle, just wild. The, the, the way that they brought like young, like when you're a, a, like a teen and you're like just want to be with the person you're attracted to, the way they infused this entire episode with that energy was just really well done.
0: Great stuff. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about the MVP of the episode. Pete,
1: who was your MVP? Well, you got to go, Lizzo, on this. Uh, No, I think the uh, I'm going to give it to Veronica on this. I like to see a character go through some growth, to make changes, to try to be a better person. So I'm I'm here for it, and it's exciting to see
2: Betty all day, every day. Great Betty episode. Getting to Barchi, I like like Pete called it when she slams the book into Kevin's chest. He's like read it is great just love <laughs> love them a great moments throughout
0: i'm gonna give it up to cheryl i think like we talked about the absolute best most emotional moment in the episode was her turning and crying behind that door after she kissed archie Love also Athol were- was great too Ethel's great as well. Yeah. Everybody is like Everybody's playing great. at the top of their game, honestly, right now. So it's really hard to choose. I'm really enjoying this season so far. I think they're doing a really good job.
1: I hope we get more lose, though.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she's gonna be back and I'm sure she's gonna perform some cool numbers with Grogu. I don't know. I don't know. Going- <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> all shows and on shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also we do a live show every Tuesday night at seven PM to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple Spotify Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale F. After- after on Instagram Riverdale After Dark on Facebook comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more until
2: next time we'll see you after dark please welcome to the after dark room stage the king of the sexual haiku mr pila page
1: <laughs> <laughs>